Hey guys, it's me, Neef Kumar, and I'm going to tell you the story about Perseus, the guy who killed Medusa. You might remember him from the Hercules episodes. He is the guy who created Mycenae, the kingdom Eurystheus ruled. This is an entirely new story, so let's jump right in with King Acrisius of Argos, who made a couple of bad decisions. Why don't you have any sons? King Acrisius yelled at his wife. I want sons. I only have a daughter. The queen, the story doesn't mention her name, at least in the version I read, died later that evening from the king's crushing expectations. FYI, that was a metaphor. The king got nervous. If he died without having any sons, his younger brother, Proteus, would become king. He really didn't want that. After a lot of thinking, he finally decided to go to the Oracle of Delphi. You can notice that the Greek kings are kind of a theme going on here, always looking for sons. Anyway, he went to the oracle and asked it, O oh, oracle, who will carry on my family name? Will my brother become king? Please say no. King Acrisius, you will not have any sons. Your brother will not become king. Your daughter, Princess Danae, will have a son who will kill you and become king. The king was dumbstruck. How could his daughter have a son that would kill him? He pondered this question as he sailed home. When he reached the palace, Danai asked him, Dad, what did the oracle say? The king stared at his daughter with a steely look. He had to do something about her. Danai, the oracle said that you are the problem, the king growled. Guards, lock her up. The king's guard dragged the screaming princess to the dungeons. Up on Olympus, Zeus, the king of the gods, looked down at the girl being thrown into a dungeon. He decided he would pay Princess Danai a visit and dissolved into a shower of gold. A few months later, the guards outside the dungeon door heard a wail from inside the cell. They peeked into it and they saw a pris- the prisoner holding a baby in her hands. The lead guard ran into the throne and exclaimed, Your daughter has had a baby. The king was dumbfounded. How could Danai have had a baby in complete solitary confinement? When he reached the cell, he asked her, How have you had a baby alone? What sorcery is this? Father, Zeus, the god of the sky, has visited me in my cell. This is our child. She held up the baby. I have decided to name him Perseus. The king was outraged. He wanted to kill them outright, but the gods frowned upon killing your family. He decided to kill them indirectly. He ordered his guards to stuff the mother and child in a barrel and throw them out to sea. He poked some holes in the top just to show he was a nice guy. He was not, by the way. He hoped a storm would drown them or a tsunami would swallow them up. That night, he slept without any worries for the first time since the prophecy but the king's wishes were not granted. Zeus kept the sky clear and persuaded Poseidon, the god of the sea, and Zeus's brother to calm the seas. So far from dying, Danai and Perseus survived. The barrel reached the shore of an island called Seraphos, where a fisher named, fisherman named Dictes fished her out from the ocean. She, he took, him, took them to his brother, the king, whose name was Polydectes. They were granted sanctuary on the island. Danai lived in the palace and Perseus grew up in the temple of Athena. He grew up and learned and about battle tactics and strategies. When he became older, Perseus was the most skilled warrior in all of Seraphos, but he was poor. The king wanted to embarrass him and marry his mother, so Polydectes goaded him to promising something. Perseus, there is a marriage for a friend of mine's daughter, and all of the people in the city has presented a gift. Where is yours? The king asked him one morning. The noble snickered. The new Perseus could not afford a gift. Perseus gritted his teeth in anger and said, Name it and I'll bring it. I promise. His mother, Danai, shook his head and to stop her son from making such a rash promise. But it was done. 
Thunder boomed in the sky. Polydecti smiled. He had achieved part of his plan. I want you to bring me, he started. He waved his hands at his advisor and creepy music waved from behind him. The head of Medusa. The crowd gasped. Medusa was a monster with a face so ugly it could petrify you if you looked into it. But it was but she wasn't like that before. She had once been Poseidon's girlfriend. Athena hated Poseidon, so she turned Medusa into a monster. Perseus gulped, but he couldn't back down from a challenge like this. He was the greatest warrior in Seraphos. I accept this challenge, he announced to the king. Then bring it, the king replied, and Perseus walked over to the throne room with no idea how to fulfill his promise. Perseus walked over to the cliffs and prayed for to his father, Zeus, for some guidance. He waited for a few minutes, but nothing happened. He sighed and got up to leave when he heard a voice say, Hey, wait up! Perseus turned and saw Hermes, the messenger god. The hero immediately knelt at his feet. Hey, no need for that. Zeus sent me down to earth to help you. He also gave me these. Wait, well, what were they? But Hermes pulled out a scroll and read it. Ah, yes, here it is. He then took out a warrior's helmet, a pair of winged sandals, and a sack. The sack is for putting the head in because even after Medusa's head is cut off, it can still turn people to stone. The cap will make you invisible, and the sandals... Hey, wait, what are you doing? Perseus had already put on the sandals and was flying around doing loop-de-loops in the sky. Hey, kid, come down. I haven't finished. Hercule, uh, Hermes yelled. Okay, he said when Perseus had landed. You have to seek the Grey Sisters. He pointed towards the mountains to the right. They were somewhere over there. Only they know the way to Medusa's lair. Oh, and they have some kind of weapons of prophecy or something? I don't know. Weapons of the prophecy? Perseus asked. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I got some information from Athena, and she's usually correct. Hermes checked a weird thing on his wrist. Ah, I need to go. Good luck, kid. Hermes burst into yellow smoke. Perseus hefted a sack on, hefted the sack, put on his helmet, laced his sandals, and took off towards the mountains. Give me the tooth, Perseus heard a woman's voice say as he reached the mountains. Only if you give me the eye, another woman said. Perseus peeked over the mountain peak to see three ugly grandmothers with each one eye and one tooth. Total. They also had claws. They as- he assumed that the- they were the Grey Sisters. Perseus's mind raced. The Grey Sisters looked like they could tear him apart easily. He had to get the shared appendages and leverage. No, it's my turn to have the eye, the sister on the right yelled. No, no, it's not. You had it last time, the sister in the middle said. Perseus was tired of hearing them argue. He tried to think of a plan to get the tooth and the eye when two of the sisters agreed to toss them to each other. Okay, no cheating, one yelled. They threw it and Perseus swooped down and scooped them in midair. Hey, you didn't throw it, the sister on the right said. I did too, said the sister on the left. I have them, Perseus announced. The sister turned towards him. What do you want, the middle sister said. I want directions to Medusa's lair. No, we promised to keep the location secret, the sister on the right wailed. And the weapons of prophecy too, the sister in the middle said. Oh yeah, I'm going to need the weapons of prophecy too, Perseus said, rubbing his head. He had totally forgotten until now. He squeezed the eyeball and the sister cried out in pain. Fine, they relented. We will tell you where Medusa's lair is and where the weapons of prophecy are. I think they're under a tree over there, she pointed off towards the west. A big one with gnarled roots. And you will find Medusa in the east. A big cave grafted into the cliffside. The sister on the left said, Not the tooth, the eye. Perseus released the tooth and the eye into a pond full of scummy water. The sisters dived after them, and Perseus went, flew off to collect his weapons.
Perseus collected the weapons, which were stored in a shield, and went to find the lair of Medusa. He found the cave just where the Grey Sisters told him it would be. He entered the gaping mouth of the cavern, and in the reflection of his shield, saw four ugly monsters. Yeah, Medusa had sisters. They couldn't turn people to stone, but they were ugly. They were called the Gorgons. The floor of the cave was littered with bones of previous heroes who had tried to behead the monster. Perseus carefully and successfully navigated through the cave without stepping on a bone. Perseus crept up to Medusa and decapitated her. Out of her head came two beings, Pegasus, a winged horse, and Chysor, a man. They immediately left the cavern. Unfortunately, all this commotion woke up the other three gorgons and Perseus fled the scene but not before stuffing the head in the sack. He was so rattled that he couldn't navigate properly and ended up arriving in Africa. He flew around trying to find something that could help him, but when he crossed, came across a city named Ethiopia. As he entered the settlement, he saw several thousand people gathered at the harbour. At the edge of the cliff was a teenage girl chained to the rocks. Perseus flew around and asked her, Who are you and why are you chained to a rock? I am Princess Andromeda, and I am chained to a rock because my stupid mother boasted about being more beautiful than the Nereids, she replied. You see, the Nereids are beautiful women who serve in Poseidon's court, and they do not like when people compare themselves to immortals. They asked Poseidon to terrorize the city with a sea monster, but the queen, Cassiopeia, chained Andromeda as a sacrifice to him. So as you can see, my parents are lame, the, f- the princess finished. Hey, how about I kill that sea monster, Perseus asked. That would be good, Andromeda said, and it's right behind you. Perseus whipped around and called to Andromeda, close your eyes. She did, and Perseus pulled out the head of Medusa. He heard a crinkling sound and stuffed the head back into the sack. In front of him was a giant sea monster statue. Perseus cut Andromeda from her bonds, and together they flew to the palace. The king and queen were so happy that Perseus and Andromeda were married the same day. The next morning, the pair said goodbye and flew away to Seraphos, and this time Perseus navigated properly. When they reached the island, there was an event taking place. Polydectes was forcing Perseus' mother into marriage. Perseus flew into the middle of the ceremony and yelled, Whoever is friends with me, cover your eyes. I have the head of Medusa. The king snorted, Ye are right. Andromeda, Danae, and Dictes covered their eyes, and Perseus bought out the head of Medusa. All the nobles turned to stone. Perseus made Dictes the king and left his mother in Seraphos. He and Andromeda went to Argos and to become the new king and queen of the land. Perseus' grandfather, King Acrisius, had a dream about his grandson's plans and fled the city, and the nobles had no objection to Perseus becoming king. Now, I bet you're all wondering, what about the prophecy, the one where Perseus was destined to kill his grandfather? Well, he did, but it was totally accidental. Several years after Perseus became king, he was attending an athletics competition in the nearby kingdom. There were several sports, but Perseus stand up for the discus throw. A discus is kind of like a 10-foot-pound metal frisbee. Um, there's, for a few years now, Acrisius has been hiding in the kingdom for a while and went to see the games. When it was Perseus' turn, the announcer said, Next up, King Perseus of Argos. The king swore and tried to hobble away, but a freak gust of wind changed the course of the discus and it hit the old king, killing him instantly. Perseus fell back, but there was nothing he could do about it. He won the competition and returned to Argos triumphantly. And that's the end of Perseus' story. Next week, we're telling the story of Bellerophon the Blameless. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.